Hey there, guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 42. We are available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien Podcast, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. Today, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man news related to Miles Morales on PlayStation 5 and Spider-Man in Marvel's Avengers. Then we'll go into other gaming news and our recent activities. Closing the show out, we'll be talking about the PlayStation State of Play event from Thursday. So... Let's start with Spider-Man Miles Morales running at 60 frames per second and 4K resolution. Uh, and something I kind of just dropped this in like a tweet saying that you can swing through the city like never before on the PlayStation 5 with optimal 4K slash 60 FPS performance mode. So I think going into the PlayStation 5 slash Xbox Series X era, this generation, uh, if the game doesn't run at 60, it's going to be like really bad because I thought that we were going to hit that point with this generation that we're in right now but we actually didn't so uh hopefully most games or at least the first party games could do this yeah like at this point i think all games should just run at 60 at this point like i think we're at that point where that's like possible Mm -hmm. because you know 60 frames to 30 frames is a big difference i know people like pretend like it's not but it is (laughs) like Mm -hmm. any frames above 60 i know they make a difference as well but like, if you want the smoothest type of gameplay, I think 60 is, like, a must now. Like, it's just so night and day when you play, like, you know, on, like, a PC with a game that's, like, 60 FPS. And then you play, like, a, the console version, which is, like, 30 FPS. Like, you can really tell. So, I think them aiming for this right now with Miles Morales is, like, a good sign for uh, Spider-Man 2 whenever they make that. So, yeah, that's really cool to see that they're already aiming for this. And, you know, they're hitting it now. So, that that's really good to see. Mm-hmm. Because, um... Definitely when you play like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch, I think for up to two players, it runs at 60. And then when you go to like three to four, it like goes to 30. And like, it's obviously like noticeable. And yeah, like you said, when you go from 30 to 60, it's a big difference. So yeah, I hope that most games can do this, especially the first party titles, because I think that that would be like a big selling point, if you will. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't even notice that uh, the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game was... 30 until it was like oh yeah it is 30 and i was like oh okay like i really didn't care but if i were to see it at 60 now with this new you know uh, miles morales game that would be pretty dope yeah like that would be that would be fantastic <laughs> um and I, this is more news for miles morales is probably going to include a ps5 remaster of the ps4 spider-man so that'd be cool to get you know obviously make it 60 frames if this is true and mm-hmm. i guess it gives you more bang for your buck but also it could mean like they might price it higher <laughs> yeah i don't know i i thought miles morales was probably gonna be like maybe 30 or 40 dollars because you know the probably says like a shorter standalone game but if they're going to include a remaster of spider-man you know on the ps4 they might just bump it up to 60 just to be like hey you know you're getting this other game too so yeah mm-hmm. um i mean i would probably play the ps4 spider-man game again with 60 frames you know that would be cool but it's still kind of annoying because i'm like i already <laughs> played it but you know it's yeah. a good bonus for anyone that didn't have a have a ps4 or a spider-man so that that's cool yeah i think uh sony's definitely trying to take this next generation uh by the throat if you will uh but this uh this like sort of like report came out from like a game informer article where like they just revealed that uh What's it called? Uh, I'm trying to find it. It's in the screenshot of this article here, uh, but you will be able to replay uh, the PlayStation 4 game pretty much on the PlayStation 5 title. And like you said, they might try to go and get away with a $60 price tag because of that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't mind either because supposedly uh, they have been describing this title as like a lost legacy sort of thing. 
Um, so it's going to be a much shorter title than the main game, aka Uncharted 4, but it's going to be still a, you know, nice little like side quest sort of a, of a standalone game. So $60 with a remastered version of the uh, PS4 game, I wouldn't mind personally, just because I, I love that game so much. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, I think it's just, I'm trying to, uh, get people more people in and to make sure that like when if people are jumping over to the playstation for this next generation that they're able to you know re- replay this game in a way that is feasible without having to i mean it's probably the ps4 title is probably gonna be backwards compatible but you know just like upgrading it and like adding you know better frames and whatever they want you know all of the dlc included um that would be pretty cool so this is still like a rumor it's not like official official so just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still don't know much. All right, so this next piece of news is related to the Marvel's Avengers. Uh, this was rumored for quite some time, and it was finally officially reported by PlayStation Blog uh, that Spider-Man will be coming uh, to the Marvel's Avengers game exclusively on PlayStation. So when I saw this rumor, I was like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it turns out it's going to happen. It's going to be exclusive to both PlayStation uh, versions of the game, the 4 and 5, early 2021, no additional cost. Uh, but there will also be other exclusive PlayStation content like community challenges and skins. So a lot of people have a problem with this because people view the PC size Xbox One version now as like the worst version because they won't be able to play as Spider-Man. Now, to those people that don't care about Spider-Man, you know, they can still buy buy it on whichever console they choose. But, you know, in the back of their head, they'll know that, oh, I won't have Spider-Man if like if if it were to ever like it probably won't ever come to the other platforms just because uh, Sony probably like cut the check and like made a deal with a square or or whoever uh, to go and make sure that this happened exclusively for their consoles. Um but what's your take on this, Damien, before I ramble on too um, long? <laughs> I, I know it's just like, yeah, it's just, I think the reason why I'm like, I could be a little more upset about this is just because like, it just means like Spider-Man won't have like a really big role in this game. Like he's probably going to be in the game, obviously, and be like a whole hero and stuff like that you could play as. Mm-hmm. But I think like the most story content he's really going to have in this game is like going to be like side stuff because like it wouldn't make sense for them to like develop like, a super fleshed out, like, thing for him if he's only going to be on, like, one console, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's the reason why I'm, like, kind of upset about it because I'm, like, well, Spider-Man just on the sidelines again. And I'm kind of tired of this happening. Even <laughs> in the MCU, like, he was, like, shoehorning in because, like, oh, we, we got him, so we got to put him somewhere. Um, so, yeah, it's really annoying that this keeps happening to Spider-Man because I would like him to have, like, a bigger role, you know, and stuff like that and, like, these, like, crossover type things. But Sony is always, you know, trying to do weird things with it. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Like, um, I, I guess it's more upsetting to the other uh, console users or, like, you know, the PC and Xbox versions because um, they don't really get anything. Like, they don't get something of their own. Like, you know, they just don't have Spider-Man and that's it. Like, they don't have any other, like, character or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they might put, like, Miles and, like, they might make him for everyone. So it's like, hey, you got Miles and that's, like, Spider-Man. But I don't know. I don't really know what they're going to do. It might just, like, yeah, you just don't have Spider-Man. So, yeah. yeah. I, I can see why people are upset, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely um when i first like saw people being genuinely upset i was like this is like nothing extremely new for like uh exclusive like 
console things for like multi-platform games you know like the soul Calibur games are notorious for this with the uh soul Calibur 2 with link spawn and hayachi and then soul Calibur 4 with yoda and darth vader uh darth vader why did i say like that <laughs> <laughs> uh and then in like uh, sonic and sega all stars racing the xbox 360 version was uh definitely the best version because it had the most characters with the uh the avatar character along with banjo uh, and then uh, back in the day on that same generation with Xbox, uh, Call of Duty DLC packs, Microsoft cut the check as well. And we're like, yo, if you put the DLC packs on Xbox first uh, for like a whole month early, like we will give you money. And that's exactly what Activision did. And they were like, oh, OK, like we'll just put the DLC packs here first. And nowadays it's it's PlayStation who has that sort of like exclusive with Call of Duty, especially with the esports scene, I believe, because I think all of the esports Call of Duty players play on PlayStation consoles because of the deal that, that they made with PlayStation. But yeah, you know, like at the end of the day, the way I see it is that it's business um, and this is how PlayStation wanted to go about it uh, or Sony anyways. And people are thinking that like, Sony owned Spider-Man. They only owned the, the movie rights, which is why it was so complicated for him to get into the MCU the way he did. Um, but he, Sony doesn't own Spider-Man, guys. Like that is that is a big misconception that I think a lot of people on the internet think, just because of how big the MCU is. Um, but yeah, like I'm pretty sure Sony had to go to Marvel and be like, "Yo, we want," or like whoever, and be like, "Yo, we want like some exclusive content. And we will give you money for it." And they were like, "Well, what do you want?" And they were like, "Well, can we get like Spider-Man or some shit?" And they were like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you got to give us X amount of money." And they were like, "Oh, okay. Can we also get like extra, extra stuff?" And they were like, "Uh, oh, well, you're not. That's obviously gonna be extra." So, obviously, like this is um their way. All right. So like this benefits uh. Crystal Dynamics slash Square Enix because this probably increased sales of the game like by default because I'm sure there have been multiple people that pre-ordered the game because of Spider-Man and, and wanted to like play in the beta because honestly I was kind of thinking about it I was like do I buy it now and like just like get the free upgrade on PS5 as well like I don't know um, but I'm still like hesitant about it because it is sixty dollars for a Marvel's Avengers game that doesn't look that great yet mind you um, and I've only heard like pretty average things about it. Um, but you know, just for like Spider-Man in 2021, which like, this is a completely different Spider-Man from Insomniac Spider-Man, keep that in mind. Um, and we don't know exactly what his gameplay is going to look like and things like that. All we know that is that he's going to be in the game as like a side thing, like you said, Damien. Um, so yeah, it just, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it's, it's weird. This whole game is like really weird. Like, cause the game was a very kind of, not hot water, but people weren't like, were very lukewarm about the game or mm -hmm. So adding this controversy just makes people even more hesitant to even buy the game. Like this game just shrouded and just like, like, you know, people not really wanting to buy it anymore. So it's definitely a game I'm going to be like cautious about. Like I'm probably going to watch reviews and stuff and see. Um, I'll probably just wait. And so I know there's, wait, is it going to be a free upgrade if you buy on PS4? I believe so. I'm not sure how that works physically. So oh. it, if you buy it digitally, it should be like almost guaranteed. I would imagine okay. so. But I'm not sure how that would work physically because you just buy like a used copy and, you know, just be like, yo, I bought it. And then, you know, just like, you know, sell that copy again or whatever. But um, I might just wait for the uh, PS5 version, going to be honest, just because I'm not really that interested in this game. Uh, but, you know, if, if it is a free upgrade, you know, I might as well play it now and then just sort of play it again on the ps5 i'm not exactly sure because uh this is supposed to be you know like a a live service game or whatever the hell it's called so yeah it's it's just weird <laughs> <laughs> the game is very weird yeah but i could see why people are upset but i think uh 
being like super angry and really mad about it isn't like the correct approach either but you know at the end of at the end of the day i view it as like a as a business move because sony definitely didn't get away scot-free with this and i'm pretty sure square knew that like or crystal dynamics whoever uh is like the main like people behind this game were probably like well if we do make this deal uh we'll get a lot of money and we'll probably increase the sales by default on playstation because of that and increase the sales generally like overall and because of like this sort of like controversy because the internet is the internet uh more more eyes were put on this game and i'm pretty sure the game on amazon someone like said on twitter i'm i i didn't confirm it myself but um someone said on twitter that like it's like the number one selling game on like all platforms that it was available on so like including xbox like people on xbox don't care like if you don't care about spider-man you probably were still gonna buy the game anyways so right yeah it's uh yeah, it's just it's just a business decision at the end of the day, and like you know, Spider-Man probably isn't ever gonna come to the other versions. I don't think they're just gonna be on PlayStation forever. Mm-hmm. But again, if they could do like Miles, could be in the other ones, that would be cool. That'd be a smart way to like like you know <laughs> circumvent that. But I don't know. We just gotta see. We gotta see how this game even does if it even like lives through its first year as like yeah. a video game. So. Mm-hmm. Alright, so we got even more PlayStation news here. Uh, the Last of Us 2 sold 2.8 million digital units. Um, and, you know, that says a lot about digital stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, as a person, has moved mostly to digital at this point. Um, usually, like, for, like, Switch games, I usually get it, like, physically, just because, I don't know, for Nintendo, I just always usually try to get physical. But, um you know, during quarantine and, like, the pandemic, you know, some of my games were getting, like, Xenoblade. I was supposed to get Xenoblade physically through Amazon, and I think it came out on a Friday, but it got delayed till Tuesday, so I just canceled it by digitally, so. <laughs> and I heard a lot about that happening, too, because, you know, obviously the pandemic and things getting, like, you know, uh, people not getting to deliveries on time and stuff like that. And, you know, people just not wanting to go outside, you know, to get games from, like, GameStop and things like that. So it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense that digital, like, has been, like, getting a huge-ass boom recently just because of, like the covid and things like that um so yeah i, I don't know what your take is on this <laughs> yeah i know like, you buy things physically so <laughs> yeah I, I i definitely try to be a, a physical gamer as much as possible uh but i think the reason like you subconsciously get things from nintendo physically is because you know that like their online stuff sucks yeah. so like <laughs> you know especially with like the previous stuff like wii and wii u like if you bought something on there and even for like the switch to a certain extent if you buy a digital game it's not guaranteed that you'll be able to to recover that digital game if like your switch bricks or something happens to yeah. it yeah so yeah. i think that's why you go physical just to like be safe but with playstation and microsoft like they have like pretty robust systems where like it's attached to your account and, and as long as you have mm-hmm. access to your account you can re-download the game etc so yeah like uh when it comes to digital like uh, 2.8 million holy shit like that is a lot uh it is. i'm i'm pretty sure most of those people just bought it because they were like oh you know like it came out and you know might as well you know play it now because it's pretty big and you know like what else am i supposed to do during this you know quarantine and pandemic thing that's going on so but yeah 2.8 is insane and i think that with the digital edition of the PlayStation 5, like we are definitely transitioning over to people being very comfortable with just digital only. And I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft also come out with their own like digital only console because I think they did that with a version of the Xbox where like it didn't have a disc drive or something. I can't yeah. remember exactly. Um, 
But yeah, I think digital only gaming is going to rise just because people want things now and people love convenience. And I think that with the rise of Amazon Prime and streaming services and things like that, uh, we are going to see that like people are being very comfortable with digital and people uh you know gamers have been starting to try to transition into that uh ever since like the wii u era which is like still like technically this generation to think of it um which is kind of weird but yeah people are very much comfortable with digital only now these days as long as you know the hard drives are big enough and they're able to add extra storage and things like that because i know when the uh the wii u came out it was like eight or no no four gigs or like 32 with like the, yeah. the, the launch systems or whatever and i was like that is that is garbage yeah that um, is so low <laughs> yeah especially since like games just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger so yeah you know digital gaming is obviously on the rise and 2.8 million copies for the last of us 2 is kind of crazy i wouldn't be surprised if ghost of tsushima surpassed a million copies at this point we don't know that uh but i wouldn't be surprised if like that data came out and it is true yeah you know ghost of tsushima did sell over a million or whatever the case was so yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how like the, i guess the future like like sales goes like you know right new like brick and mortar video game stores are kind of just dead like you know like gamestop like anyone that just sells like pure video games like is gonna go down at this point at least it's like super niche like you know like uh like a gaming store that sells like retro games or whatever like those are probably be fine mm-hmm. but things like gamestop and like things like that just like they won't last anymore like, you kind of have to be like walmart or target that like also sells games but also other things <laughs> you know to like live anymore so mm-hmm. yeah um, i don't even remember when was the last time i went to a store to get a game i think it was breath of the wild was the last time i did that so yeah it's it's been a very long time since i've actually like went out to physically buy a game not through amazon so yeah it's uh it's interesting times you know yeah definitely definitely interesting so uh next we're going to talk about the ps4 peripherals and accessories that will work on the playstation 5 uh so the racing wheels arcade sticks fight sticks will work on supported ps4 games uh the headsets uh along with any third-party headsets that connect through usb port or audio jack will work on ps5 dualshock 4 controllers will work on uh on a ps4 games only uh they will not work on ps5 games and then the ps move and motion controls and vr stuff will work on the vr stuff so uh i don't know why this was trending on twitter but people were actually upset that the dualshock 4 wasn't working on ps5 games and i was like guys uh i it's different though (laughs) yeah i'm like uh i'm not exactly sure why you guys are super upset about it i get that like you're very comfortable with like the dualshock 4 and you don't want to get comfortable or you don't want to like adjust to the new controller but like it's a new generation guys like they want to use this controller like take advantage of it in certain ways um some people might argue the fact that like they want to use it for like multiplayer games and things like that which like i can see that argument but like for me personally, like when it comes to multiplayer stuff, I don't really use my PS or my or my PlayStation family of consoles to really play multiplayer games. The last time I did that was like on the PS2. Um, and when it comes to multiplayer stuff, it's usually on PC or the Switch, just because that's just that's just how I work. Uh, but if you you know if you're that you know person that plays overcooked multiplayer on like your ps4 and you have a bunch of these ps4 controllers all right yeah like that sucks if like they make a overcooked three on like the ps5 and you have to buy a whole new set of controllers um but yeah like what's your take on this <laughs> uh, i mean it's just it's just a new console gen they're gonna use like different like the dualshock 3 didn't work with the ps4 so i don't mm-hmm. know why people are upset that the dualshock 4 doesn't work with the uh ps5 most of them it's like a whole new 
like, I guess, family of, like, dual whatever, you know, it's the dual sense, not the dual shock anymore, so, you know, it's time to, you know, it's different now, you know, and personally, I, I'm, I'm okay with this, just because I don't even really like the dual shock for that much, like, I think the dual sense looks way more comfortable, um, mm-hmm. so I don't mind just switching to that, uh, but yeah, I guess it does suck if you, you know, you might have, like, a bunch of DualShock 4s, you know, to play, like, multiplayer stuff, and now you have to buy, like, a bunch of new ones to play, like, new multiplayer stuff on the PS5, but, you know, you, you probably should just expect that with a new console gen, because most of the time, they don't even let you use the same controller, like, like, I can't really even think of it, maybe the PS3 let you use PS2 controllers, but I, I can't remember, no, probably yeah. not, because they had the six axis, I, I don't even know, like, I don't even know why people are mad about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, when you're bringing up that point of like, oh yeah, you know, people are just upset. I think it's because uh, gamers or like people in general are just like too privileged when it, or like they feel like they're too, I, in my opinion, I feel like that they're too privileged when it comes to like things that like they get access to. Um, and like them to expect that like the previous gen controllers will work on the new gen is like a little weird. I'm going to be honest. Cause like the only time that worked was like the Wii to the Wii U because the Wii U was kind of like a side upgrade from the Wii. going to be honest. Um, but outside of that, most of the time when it came to like, uh, controllers work, I think it might be because the Xbox series X is doing that where it's like the Xbox one controllers will work with all Xbox series X games. I guess so. Yeah. So they're like trying to expect it from the other side of PlayStation. Um, but you know, I think this is the first time that Microsoft and like gaming in general is doing it where like it's a com- it's a clear transition to a new generation where like the previous controllers worked on the new one. So, yeah. And yeah, the Series X doesn't even have a new controller, does it? I don't even know if it does. It just uses uh, the Xbox One controller. It right? just looks fancier. I think, oh, does it? I actually sure. don't even know. what it, I don't even know what it looks like, honestly. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like with. The PS5 DualSense, like, it's supposed to be, like, a whole new thing. You know, you have, like, haptic trigger feedback or whatever. You know, like, mm-hmm. it has new crap in it. Like, I'm pretty sure the new Xbox Series X controller is kind of just, like, an Xbox One controller anyway. So, they don't really feel like they need to upgrade. So, they're kind of just going to stick with what they have. And that's fine. But mm-hmm. if, the, if the console wants to do new things with new features, then, yeah, you're probably going to expect the old con- um, old controller not to work anymore. So Yeah. At least it'll work on, you know, the PS4 backwards com- compatible games, right? So Yeah. If you want to get that genuine PS4 experience on your PS5, you can still do that. But, you know, when it comes to the new PS5 games, I want you to play with that new fancy controller that it gets bundled with. And if you're going to worry about multiplayer, then that's going to be your own little issue that not a lot of people are going to have to worry about, to be honest. So, yeah, unfortunately. All right. So we got some Nintendo news. Whoa. Uh, (laughs) Pikmin 3 Deluxe was announced. Um, and they're going to be adding some new things. I think there's new difficulty modes. There's, like, a new, like, Olimar and Louie, like, prologue and epilogue, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. And it comes with all the DLC from the original game as well. Um, yeah. And it's going to be priced at $60, and people have problems with that. <laughs> and <laughs> honestly, I don't mind it that much because I think, at least from what I read, or what I'm reading from like the content they're adding, it seems more significant than like the past ones. Like especially Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, right? Like that added funky mode, but funky mode kind of sucked. Like and that <laughs> and they made that sixty bucks. I'm like, all right, that one should have been like fifty or forty dollars. But it seems like Pikmin Three Deluxe is like adding more things to it to make it more enticing. Um, you know, like they're adding actually new content to it. And I think I think that's pretty cool. I mean, you can still make an argument like maybe it should be 50 or whatever, but you you also should know like Nintendo is like Nintendo. They're always going to charge like a premium for their games because that's how they are. So, yeah, they've always been like this. So yeah, and I think 
a lot of people were, were upset with the tropical freeze scenario was because that game originally retailed at a cheaper 50, price right? yeah like yeah. 50 or something like that 50 40 i forget exactly the price because it's been so long uh but and then when they re- re-release it and they're like all right now it's gonna be 60 and funky mode and it's like wait a minute but it didn't even retail at full price when it you know came out and things like that um and i think the same could be said for pigment deluxe i think or pigment 3 uh, I think the game didn't retail at sixty. I think Nintendo were still doing fifty dollars. I think yeah, they, they were being weird. Yeah, yeah, with the Wii U games. So them doing sixty now, I think, is fine. Just because Pikmin Three now is like a twenty dollars game, it's because Nintendo themselves they purposely released it as a Nintendo Selects title, which by default it's a re-release of the game. So there's gonna be more copies of it out there. And it's going to be at $20. So, like, the value of Pikmin 3... Because before they re-released it as a Nintendo Selects title, the game was, like, more than $60 because it was a rare, like, collector's item because, I guess, it didn't... It obviously didn't sell all that well because there were no copies around. Uh, but once they re-released it as a Nintendo Selects title, whenever they did do that, uh, the price drastically went down. So, um, when it comes to Pikmin 3 Deluxe, they're adding a lot of new content, I think, and... The DLC from the third game, I I personally didn't buy on the Wii U, so that's going to be very interesting to try out and play. Uh, And if you didn't know, Pikmin 3 is one of my favorite games on the Wii U and probably one of my favorite Nintendo games, period. Um, So more difficulty modes, side missions with Olimar and Louie, like... I think that for $60, especially for Pikmin, because Pikmin is not as big as like Mario or Donkey Kong and their other like flagship titles. This is Pikmin we're talking about here. So like if you're like a true like hardcore like Pikmin fan, you're probably going to buy this along with myself at $60 and not really care about it. And it's coming out like very soon, October 30th. So yeah, like I am very excited for this. I wonder how the controls are going to be because honestly, I think it worked super well on the Wii U because you could use the Wii mode and nunchuck, which works perfectly for Pikmin, and you could use the Wii U gamepad for like the map to like multitask the uh, three characters around. So I'm not entirely sure how they're going to implement that for the Switch version. Uh, I hope it works well, and I hope the controllers uh, on the you know Joy Cons or the Pro controller work fine because. Honestly, it's kind of hard to beat the Wiimote and Nunchuck combo when it comes to Pikmin. Yeah, I, I yeah, like I know when the new game plus came out or new where was the Wii one when the when the remake <laughs> or not remade when they re-released the Wii ver or the first Pikmin on Wii. There you go. Uh, mm-hmm. I know people love that control scheme with uh, the Wiimote and Nunchuck because it just feels so natural. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it'll be it'll be weird, I guess, not to have that. But I guess I go back to like GameCube era controls for Pikmin, mm-hmm. which I know people weren't that excited about because they love the remote but you know that doesn't really exist anymore mm-hmm. um because i'm not sure if you can use the joy cons in that same way like i know they have like some some motion control but i don't know if it works like a pointer like the Wii did so yeah, yeah probably um, not <laughs> yeah so it's probably gonna just be like back to like how it used to be um and i'm excited to play this i actually like never played a pikmin game before even though i love rts games i just never played pikmin before mm-hmm. um i have pikmin one on you know on the Wii, so i should probably play that first but I probably will just pick this up because I know Pikmin 3. I know it's a little easier, too, uh, mm-hmm. than, like, Pikmin 1. So it's probably, like, a good, like, you know, just, like, get my feet wet with the series, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. And again, the $60, I know that could be kind of a bummer with a re-release. And it, maybe it should be cheaper. But I think with the things they're adding feel more significant than the other, re- like, deluxe versions, you know? Like, um, mm-hmm. what was the other one? Mar- uh, the Mario. Mario U. Yeah, Mario U. Like, that added nothing, I think. Like, I had new Luigi U, I think. But... Like, whatever. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, at least this one's actually adding, like, new crap to it. So, yeah, I, I think it might be more worth $60 than the other ones they've released. So, yeah, I, I don't mind it that much, honestly. 
Yeah, I think uh, Pikmin 3 might be a good intro for the series just because they've added, like, so much in the game where, like, uh, Pikmin 1, like, if you, like, make a mistake, you can't, like, redo a day. So, like, in this game, like, if you, like, mess up, like, pretty bad, like, you could honestly, like, redo a day or, like, go back and, like, things like that. So, there's a lot more you could do with Pikmin 3 that I really, really liked, and uh, which is why it's probably the best one in the series. But, you know, some people might argue with Pikmin 1. Uh, if you try to argue Pikmin 2, I think you're kind of crazy because yeah. <laughs> that game... Uh, they tried to do a lot with it and like they added like the cave system where like yeah, it dungeons yeah it like stopped time and i was like i didn't like that like i'm not under pressure anymore i could just take my time down here so um but yeah like pigment 3 is definitely super duper good and i hope people will support it when it comes out on the switch for 60 dollars. i know 60 dollars is still a lot of money guys but it's pigment we're talking about here and if you want more pigment please buy it god damn it um, yeah i probably pick it up honestly <laughs> yeah I'm 100 percent gonna pick that up. Like, like Jesus, like I might not have the money on me right now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> last piece of news we got here is a ongoing story, so we might cover it in another episode, but it's still very early on. Uh, this is a Sly Four uh, fan game, uh, Sly Four: Deceit of Thieves. Uh, it is uh, being pitched as a illustration, illustrated treatment slash pitch as a fan script as like a true sequel to sly 3 and uh, it's being made by kev savo and his other friend i forget his name uh but i have been following uh kev savo and like his like uh videos for a while now he doesn't have a lot of them on youtube anymore but uh, he used to do a lot of like uh sly cooper videos back in the day and things like that uh and yeah, they want to make a sequel to Sly 3, but a better one than Sly 4 than Sinzari made. Um, and they're sort of like pitching this idea of like what the story is going to be. And like at first I thought it was just going to be like a fan animation thing or whatever that they were going to do because they showed a lot of that stuff in like their uh, treatment video, as they call it. Uh, but it's actually going to be like a game that they're trying to develop and like get off the ground and things like that. Uh, if they were to do that, it would 100% have to be free download because they can't make any profit from this game, I would imagine, because they're using a another IP owned by Sony. So yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if like they're going to get DMCA'd or things like that, but... Um, I wish them the best of luck. I hope that, you know, they have fun with it because they are very, like, passionate about Sly Cooper and they love the series. But um, some people are thinking that this is, like, the wrong way to go about it and things like that. And I'm like, they do have a point there. But at the end of the day, I think as long as um, they are not trampling on any legal territory, like, they aren't, like, actually, like, trying to sell this game to people, like, for money. Um, and they're just, you know, trying to, like, have fun with it, you know, make, like, a a fan-made Sly Cooper game, uh, you know, best of luck to them because I'm pretty sure that that's going to be one hell of a task. Yeah, like, they don't own the IP. Like, I don't know how... Like, I know Sonic is, like, Sega is usually okay with, like, people doing fan Sonic games. Like, pretty, like, you know, they're pretty chill about it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anyone has actually tried to make, like, a fan, like, Sony game before. Like, I don't really see many, like... Like, here's, like, Jack and Daxter, like, whatever. Like, i never really seen that, so... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how Sony's going to approach... I mean, I, I think they're going to be the same approach as Nintendo, where they're kind of just like, nah, don't do that. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, I mean, especially when Sly is still not, like, dead-dead. Like, you know, there's still, like, the whole, like, TV show, like, movie thing. I don't know what's going on with that. Like, it's still, like, a thing <laughs> that's happening, I think. So, like, I don't know if Sony really wants people to mess with the IP right now. Um mm -hmm. 
but yeah, in terms of making Sly 4, I guess I could just talk about my opinion on Sly. I only played the first two worlds first, uh, or, you know, you only played the first two worlds. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if this is, like, like a not popular opinion, but I kind of like it a lot. <laughs> like, um, okay, like, all right, so it seems like the main issue people have with the game is the story and characters. And yes, I do agree they feel a lot not as good as the original ones. I'll say that. Like, it definitely feels more kitty and, like, not as good. Like, you know, like, just the character interactions and, like... Just like the the villains for each episode, yeah, they definitely feel not as good as the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. But I will say, gameplay wise, I do like it a lot more than Slide Three, if I'm gonna be honest, since it feels a lot more like Slide Two with like bottles and just like how the levels were, and, and like just the jobs themselves feel a lot more like platformy, I guess. So it's like a weird mix of Slide Two and One to me, where like the levels have like a lot more platforming stuff into them and stuff like that. I think they do the different characters a lot better than Three. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, you have the main trio, you know, Bentley, Murray, and, and Sly, and they all play, you know, exactly how they did before. But they also add an ancestor to each, like, uh, like world, I guess. And they, they mostly just feel like Sly with different things, at least with the first two. Like, uh, the first Ninja Cooper, like, he, he feels good. You know, he's just Sly, but he has, like, a really long jump. And I love Kid Cooper, Tennessee Kid Cooper. He was fun because he has a gun, and that's cool. <laughs> and you could do, like, like McCree's ult, and that's really cool. Yeah, um, and you also you get Carmelita later too, but she also just like shoot things, so that she's fine too. And you play as her in slide three, so you know it, it was fine. Um, but yeah, I, I, honestly, I really do like the mission structure and just how the the game presents itself because it just feels like slide two, and I'm I'm all good with that since that was that's still my favorite slide game. Um, but yeah, I, again, it seems like a lot of the criticism is mostly towards the story and characters, which I do agree isn't as good as slide, like the original slide games. And yeah, I'll fully agree with that. But to people saying like just like I'm gonna remake Slide Four, it's just like I mean I don't think Slide Four was bad. At least I don't think it's bad right now. Like that opinion <laughs> might could change. I don't know. I didn't beat it yet, but I definitely think it's good. Like I think Sanzaru did try. It didn't feel like just like a cash grab or anything. I really felt like they did want to make a Slide game. Like and I think they did a pretty good job with it, but. I I don't know if that's like like you know I'm I'm alone here like what what do you think about Sly Four? <laughs> okay, so when Sly Four originally came out back in what was it like 2012 or whatever the year it was? Yeah, no, 2013. Yeah, oh, 2013. Okay. Oh, so, the load times also suck, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the one major complaint, like I think everyone could agree with, is that the load times are really really bad. But like, yeah. <laughs> despite that, I think the game was like pretty fun and like I, th- and like the story, like people will like complain about like how the characters interact and like things like that but like at at the in my opinion i think that that's like kind of nitpicky in a way like yeah a little bit, um yeah. all right so like the main villain that like you'll eventually interact with i'm not gonna like majorly spoil it for you but like mm-hmm. the the major villain that like you eventually interact with is like not the best not the greatest and like the final boss is really really bad gonna be honest <laughs> but when I like finished the game, I was like, I had fun with that. Like I had, I had a good time with it. It definitely felt more like slide two with a combination of slide one with like, you know, more platforming and things like that. Cause slide three was fucking all over the place. If we're going to be yeah. honest, like slide three was like, all right. So they thought that that was going to be like the last Sly Cooper game. So they kind of just like threw everything down and were like, all right, what do we want to do? Like, what are we going to like try out here? Sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that Sinzaru, like, they definitely had a real passion for Sly. They had a, a real, like, fandom for it. Like, they they were fans of Sly, which is why, like, when they wanted to, to do a Sly 4, like, like, they pitched it to Sony. And then Sony was like, all right, so, like, remake the first three games, and then we'll see how the collection does. And the collection sold pretty well. So they were like, okay, so here you go. Now you can do Sly 4. And they did Sly 4. And 
yeah, I think that at the end of the day, it's not like a terrible game. It's not even like a terrible Sly Cooper game either. I think that a lot of people just like have like this perception of like, oh, you know, it's not made by Sucker Punch, so it's not as good sort of thing. Um, but, you know, Kev Savo and like his team like going in and like doing like this treatment thing. Um, I'm not 100% down with it, but I'm not 100% against it either. You know, if he does get DMCA, you know, you should have seen it coming, bro. Like, I think you should have just like finished the game, you know, with a busy, you know, just like quietly, quietly sort of like working on it and then just like release it and then just, you know, whatever happens, happens sort of thing. Um, but yeah, now that like he publicly like made it official, like they're working on a slide for Deceit of Thieves and like this, like their concept and like their fan script and things like that. Um, you know, if they do get DMCA, maybe they could just make a fan animation trailer or movie or whatever, because I think that honestly, like the cutscenes that we shot that we saw from like their treatment video was like decently good. And I think that the ideas that he does have are pretty good, too. Um, but you know, going in the way of being like, all right, we're going to retcon what Senzaru games did is kind of harsh. I'm going to be honest because (laughs) they definitely like were fans of the series. And I think that, that they tried their best and what they wanted to do and them leaving it on a cliffhanger wasn't a hundred percent intentional. They actually wanted to do like a DLC thing with Sly in Egypt, but the game unfortunately didn't sell all that hot. So yeah. I mean, uh, I also yeah. blame it. It was a very late PS3 game. Like, it came out in mm-hmm. 2013. Because, yeah, and I just know, like, it's still, like, people didn't really want 3D platformers at that time either. I think the only one that was doing well was, like, Ratchet. But the last Ratchet game, like, major Ratchet and Clank game came out in, like, 2009 <laughs> with Kraken Time. Like, Instant Nexus also came out in 2013. But I don't think that one sold. It sold okay, I think. Like, mm-hmm. it sold probably more than Slide 4, unfortunately. But, um... Yeah, it's just, like, I don't know. I, just, I still felt like it was that time of, like, people didn't really want 3D platformers at that time. And, like, if Sly 4 came out now, I think it would have done a lot better just because you could see, like, a bunch of 3D platformers popping up again. So yeah. it's kind of just unfortunate timing when it did came out. Um, but, yeah, uh, I guess in terms of this fan thing, um, I, I definitely like the ideas they were showing, and they obviously put a lot of thought into it. And it does sound, I guess, more like a, I guess, like a continuation, I guess. I mean, you know, obviously slide four, the actual slide four does continue where slide three left off. But um, I guess in terms of like themes and like, you know, the older, you know, Sly's dad's Cooper gang, I guess it does a good job fleshing that out more in this uh, fan script. Um, but I think making a full game is just way too ambitious. I feel like they should just make like, you know, make like a long cutscene or movie or something. I think that would have been like if they're really down just to like mess with the story and like just make it how they thought it should be. I think making like a cool little like movie thing would have been better for them and more achievable than like making like a full game. Like I feel like that's I think that's a little much. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you should start maybe with the story and like just present it what you want it to be and then maybe in the future you could like do a cool little fan game but i feel like just jumping the gun to a full fan game just feels a bit much you know yeah definitely uh super ambitious by them but uh best of luck hopefully uh sony doesn't see this shit and uh yeah. <laughs> they're able to just you know keep their heads down and keep working sort of thing but yeah, anything like new Sly cooper related will obviously have like the entire community like have their eyes on it and like yeah, some people are for it, some people are against it. I'm just like, hopefully it, hopefully it doesn't do, you know, too much legal trouble and things like that because um, I think, uh, like, one day, like, hopefully one day, we'll get, like, something Sly Cooper related because there have been many reports of, like, you know, the TV show, the movie, things like that. So, 
um you know if we could get like a, P- a ps5 collection i'm i'm down like 100 like just re-release the games again i don't care just give me a excuse to like support the series so sony can see that people still want this franchise and i think that there was like a recent like one of those like gaming websites did like a poll which which franchise do you want to see return on like the ps5 and a lot of people said sly cooper i think sly cooper was like the number one on like that given poll and that made me happy because that means i'm not the only one <laughs> yeah like honestly and i'm gonna talk about this game if destroy humans could come back sly cooper could come back like yeah <laughs> it actually surprised me that destroy humans came back so yeah anything is possible honestly and i think sly cooper has a better chance to come back than like a lot of other like ips so yeah I, I think sly could get like a ps5 game hopefully so we just gotta wait and see though yeah let's hope something happens <laughs> yeah but let's get into our recent activities uh do you want to go first? Yeah I, guess I, list. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could go first. Actually, uh, wait. Oh, you should probably okay. go second because oh, of the Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, you're talk. right. I finished yeah, Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. We gotta <laughs> talk about that. Uh, you so, can go first then. Yeah, so I'll try to be quick. So Legend of Korra. Finished that. Uh, watched yeah. all of it. Um, as a sequel to Avatar, it's not as good. Um, the problem with Korra is that like they never knew if they were going to get four seasons, but they ended yeah. up getting four seasons. So the first book, they like kept it as like one contained story so like a lot of it just doesn't make sense where it's like the final episode like Korra loses her bent she lost her bending but she knows how to air bend because she was having trouble with it like the entire the entire season she had trouble air bending she lost all of all of her three elements but she learned how to air bend and then all of the sudden Avatar Aang comes out and just gives her all of her bending back and then she gives bending back to uh uh Lin who is uh Toph's uh daughter and things like that and I'm just like that kind of didn't make sense so uh and like it what it totally didn't make sense because when the uh, the uh, disc ended, I was like, wait a minute. Is that really how it ended? Because I'm going to be honest. I watched all of Korra because once I finished it, I was like, I actually watched all of this, but I didn't remember any of it. So <laughs> when I finished book one, I was like, wait, did they put more episodes on book two? But I'm like, no, they didn't. That's actually how it ended. What the hell? Um, book two is, is not much better. Uh, they tried to explore some other things with like... Uh, the first avatar and things like that uh but the whole spirits angle just like it just didn't work for me uh book three supposedly this is like the best uh book or like the best season out of Korra, which it kind of is it's just that zaheer he's like freaking op so like yeah in book three like there's like a bunch of people that just randomly got airbending because of like the uh, spirit world and things like that like it was just like a uh, sort of like butterfly effect of it and like you know, this guy's a here. He just read a bunch of books and he knew how to airbend like a freaking master. And I'm like, okay, like he's just broken. But like, we don't know what his intentions are with Korra until like the end where like he wants to like stop the Avatar cycle and like bring, you know, the world at like equality and whatever the hell, whatever he wanted it to do. And I was like, okay, like, okay, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, and then book four is about, uh, it's uh, Earth Lady. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, earth lady and it takes place like three to four years after book three so like they were like all right we gotta like time jump here to like make it somewhat interesting um and book four like it's all right like definitely like the series as a whole the reason why cora is not that great is because cora just loses like every fight like she never won a fight i think even against like random like jobbers and like these like grunts <laughs> and things like that like she'll just lose so like the first book like she just lost to uh these like uh, chi blockers and i was like what the hell don't you know all three elements what's going on here and like when she goes into the avatar state you know like in 
in the original Last Airbender, when Aang went into the Avatar state, you knew shit was going to go down. Like, that was, it was like Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan bullshit, you know? But, yeah. like, in this series, like, it's just, like, the fifth element. And, like, she, like, goes into it, and, and then she, like, loses. And I'm like, why? Why? Why is it written like this? So, like, the power dynamics of this series are definitely, like, not all there. And, like, the writing is, is not as good because, like, there's, like, a lot of missed jokes, I'm going to be honest. Um, I love Milo. Like, a lot of people hate Milo. I fucking love him just because he's so dumb and stupid. I just laugh. Um, but, yeah, like, Korra is definitely, like, not that great. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's, like, completely terrible either because... I mean, like some of the, some of the animation things that they do is kind of jarring. Like every single time I see CG, I'm like, get this out of here! I hate it. Um, I mean, yeah, that's what like everything, even in anime, when you see CG, is like, oh. Uh. Yeah, as long <laughs> yeah. if it's done well, I don't care. But if I mean, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. terrible, I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah, if it's like obviously CG and doesn't like fit with any art style, it's just kind of there. It's just like, oh, uh, that doesn't look yeah. very good. Mm -hmm. and like sometimes they'll like drag characters for like animation i'm like that looked bad like <laughs> holy moly and like i don't know why but like they just didn't give this show a budget or whatever like all i right. mean nick just treated it really badly from what i've heard so yeah and i was just like man like this show could have been so much better if like it was actually taken care of so yeah. that just sucks but you know at the end of the day there's four seasons of it and if you want to watch it you can um but personally if you want more avatar just read the uh, Dark Horse comic because that actually continues right where uh, the season finale or the series finale left off. So just read that. Um, Demon Slayer. I watched all of Demon Slayer, all 26 episodes because I'm a shonen idiot, uh, shonen trash, as I like to call myself. Um, but yeah, I was like, all right, what the hell is this, you know, Demon Slayer anime about? And I watched it and I was like, wow, this shit's really good. Um, so the premise of it, uh, I'm actually not going to like spoil anything. So like the premise of it, I was like, I could see why some people say it's cat. But at the end, at the end of the day, I'm watching fucking Japanese cartoons here. So I'm just going to get into it. And like by the, the end of it, I was like, this is really good. I really liked it. The, the, the uh, infamous or, or famously known in, uh, episode 19, like that episode was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and like the animation of the show is really, really good. Like definitely yeah. super good uh, for a shonen anyways. Um, but yeah, I really like Demon Slayer and I watched it uh, subbed, uh, but the dub, I watched like some clips of it on like YouTube and the dub is not that bad either. Yeah. I think it's on Toonami, I think. Mm -hmm. that it was on Toonami. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, actually, this is a good example of a show that does CG well because the, uh, the show actually uses a lot of CG, but like they use it for like clever ways. Like every time there's like a, an effect on the sword, that's all CG. Uh, whenever a character is like far away and they have to like do a thing, like, you could tell the character CG, but you also can't. Like mm -hmm. they use it in really smart ways, and the studio that made this show like really they did a really good job animating it. It looks very nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, I I have I'm, I need three more episodes. I've been slacking. I need to finish it. But um, yeah, I, I feel like it's like the same way with my hero. Like it doesn't like it reinvent the wheel or anything. It just does what it does very very well, and that's mm -hmm. good. You know, like you don't need like a thing that breaks like conventions or whatever. Sometimes you just want a really good shonen show, and this it does that really well. Like I think it just does everything super well, and I really like um, uh, Tanjiro like a lot. Like he's a really good main character. Like I think I like him more like than Deku or whatever because. I, like he, I don't know. He feels more fleshed out, you know. Like he's not like angry all the time. He's like, but he could get angry sometimes, you know. I, he feels like a person. Like I don't know. I like yeah. it. I like the character. He's good. 
So, yeah. I think uh, Tanjiro as like a main like shonen protagonist. I think people like him more than like Deku is because like he he went through some shit. Like he one hundred percent went through some shit. Uh, and you see that in episode one, obviously. Um, and when he like. But, like, at the end of the day, like, he's, like, in, he's, like, grounded in reality and, like, he knows, like, what has to be done and, like, things like that. So, I think that he's just, like, a super, like, real character in that sense. As as dumb as that as that might sound, but, like, he, he's just more grounded in that way. No, it, it makes sense because um, on Attack, I love Attack on Titan. It's amazing. But <laughs> with Aaron, like, and this is not, this is, like, in the first episode. Aaron's parents die, right, from Titans, right? It's, like, it's literally mm-hmm. the exact same thing that happens to him. In, in Demon Slayer, right? Like, his, like, you know, there's a spoiler for episode one. Is that that big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that big. Um, it's know, not that big. <laughs> yeah, like, Tanjiro's family all died from demons, except, like, his sister and things like that. And that's the important difference, right? Like, Eren fucking hates Titans, like, a lot. And, like, the whole show, he's super angry, like, all the time. But the fact that Tanjiro's, like, sister is a demon now makes him, like, more sympathetic to the demons and stuff like that. So it makes his character more complex like he doesn't just hate demons all the time like he understands that there were once people that like have been like transformed into these horrible things and things like that like i don't know it just gives it a more interesting ways like he doesn't really like he like yeah he doesn't enjoy killing demons or anything like you know he he wants them to like you know be free from like their suffering or whatever and it just it just makes it more interesting so yeah i i really enjoyed his character a lot and that's not something i could say where a lot of shonen main characters as most of the time they're kind of boring but mm-hmm. um yeah he he really he was he was really fleshed out I, I really enjoyed it i didn't expect that either so that was a pleasant surpri- uh, surprise from that so yeah. yeah demon slayer is really really good <laughs> yeah it was really good uh but after demon slayer i started watching kill a kill Hell um yeah, <laughs> uh i'm currently on i think i'm on like episode 12 or something like that last time i started watching it i i, I stopped on episode six or seven or something like that but i'm on uh next episode i have to watch is episode 11 but it's getting pretty good um honestly like you know it's just it's just so balls to the wall and fucking crazy yep. i'm just like That's whatever <laughs> i'm like this uh, this is kind of crazy and to anyone that wants to see like my anime list uh because i did make a account for that website my slash profile slash tv sonic gaming if you want to see uh my ratings and what i've watched so far and what i plan on watching and things like that but yeah kill a kill so far i'm liking it uh it's it's a slightly above average, but it's not like you know too like mind blowing in my opinion. You know the uh, fan service is 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 definitely like a, uh, I wouldn't say a plus, but it's not a negative either. So <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean it's like it's really is like that on purpose. Like I know if people want to be you know make it deeper than it is or like really shit on the show because there's a bunch of fan service, but it's just kind of just doing what it does, and I love it. I mean I'm really biased because I love Gainax slash Trigger because you know they made Gurren Logan and like Kill a Kill. Well, they didn't make Gurren Logan, but they kind of did it's complicated <laughs> but yeah they yeah it's it's the same exact style show and i just love trigger's animation it's so good like i just no adam like no anime looks like their shows like it just it looks really good i love it so yeah i got kill you have to know what you're getting into when you watch it. it's stupid but, yeah like, you'll, you'll enjoy it <laughs> it's dumb fan service action so it's yeah. the best way i could really describe it Basically. uh one quick comic that i want to touch on real quick i finally got around to finishing the uh, five-part TMNT slash uh, Power Rangers crossover. 
Uh, and it was pretty dope. I'm going to be honest. If you like both of these uh, sort of like series or franchises, you know, give this book a read. Uh, you don't need to read any of the other Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers comics because I didn't and I still was able to follow the story. As long as you know what, like, you know, it's four Ninja Turtles with a master rat and these five kids from Angel Grove that became Power Rangers. That's pretty much it. So, uh, and yeah, they do a lot of like pretty cool things with the uh, two franchises. Uh, then I played some games, obviously, League of Legends, Valorant. Uh, more Valorant than League. Uh, I've been playing League like kind of casually now because uh, I am i don't really see myself being a pro anymore, going to be honest. Uh, but that's just, you know, at least I went for it. At least I tried. That's the good thing about it. And I learned a lot during those or during these like past two years and now. And I have to wait for COVID to be over before I could go back to school because I don't like doing online classes. But that's just my personal preference. Uh, Valorant been playing a lot more of that act two started uh, i think i placed in like silver or something i forget um but yeah valorant uh the new agent killjoy i think she's pretty good I'm gonna be honest she like does a lot of like weird things that like not not all of the uh, sentinels do so like the other two sentinels sage and cypher like but killjoy could actually like do damage with uh with her turn and, and things like that and like her other abilities so like with sage and uh cypher like they can't really do damage with their abilities so it's very interesting to see killjoy being able to do that with her stuff uh but yeah valorant is still super fun uh, i normally play with friends i don't like playing solos because don't want to get flamed for being bad because i already know that um then i played gods will be watching on stream i thought i was going to be able to beat it within five hours but that game is actually like hard because i'm dumb so it's pretty much like a uh it's a game where you have to like manage like tasks and like decisions that you make and things like that and like the first like i think i got up to like the uh the level where you, you have to like survive like 20 days or something like that where you have to like fix the radio or whatever mm -hmm. but before then i was doing like okay and i was honestly having fun with it but once i got to that level i was just way too dumb and just like all right i'm done here like this is just way too complicated for me uh but i still had like a pretty good time with the game and, and it's pretty fun it's it's it actually kind of old too i think it came out in like early 2010s or something like that like yeah. before 2015 but yeah guys will be watching is definitely a fun indie game uh, I replayed Sonic Adventure 2 for stream. Uh, that game is still trash, gonna be honest. Um, <laughs> I thought, the, like, honestly, like, so when we like did like that, like, that like mock like uh, speed run of like me, you, and Kofi like playing that game. Yeah. And then I got to like the second Knuckles level in like the desert. That's when I knew like this game did not age well. I was like, this game is so bad, I hate it. Um, and now that I fully played it, I can confidently say that I really don't like Sonic Adventure 2. Is it complete trash? Not necessarily, because the Sonic and Shadow levels are still the highlight of the game. But the Tails and Eggman levels are just whatever. The Knuckles and Rouge levels, I hate them, especially Rouge. Oh my god, bro. Space, whatever. The, her final uh, level. Mad Space? Yeah. yeah. Mad Space? Oh my god, man. I was on that level for like half an hour because of just like how big the level was, and I was just like, I hate everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate Mad Space so much. Yeah. That game, I was just like, oh my god. And I'm me and Kofi are gonna do like a live like a live like a uh, speed run of like me and him like kind of like trying to see who could beat the game faster we're just gonna do hero story we're not gonna do dark story because that's it's a lot of bullshit in there gonna be honest um but yeah we're just gonna do like hero story i'm not sure what when we're gonna do that but we're gonna do that in the future hopefully uh spider-man ps4 replayed that i haven't finished it yet 
I'm only doing it for the retrospective video because I haven't like fully played the game from scratch. I've only played it on New Game Plus that I talked about in a previous episode. Uh, but starting from scratch, you know, having to like upgrade everything again, I was just like, damn, man, I'm like kind of weak because I'm not like doing like all of these like fancy combos on them and like <laughs> being able to do everything that I'm used to doing. So you have to upgrade that thing, you know, do this, do that. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still really, really fun. Definitely still my favorite PlayStation 4 game by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the new indie, the hot indie game on the market, Fall Guys. It's a platformer battle royale. I've, I actually did like a pretty quick game review on it. I literally like wrote the script and like edited edit, edit it all yesterday. And I was like very like surprised that I was able to do that. But yeah, it's a platformer battle royale. And like you'll be doing platforming based challenges. You'll, there's like races, survival, um, and like uh, team based games and things like that. It, it's really, really fun. If you're able to play with like three of your other friends with you, uh, I highly recommend it because it is super duper fun uh but yeah that's that's enough for me because i've been talking for way too long so what have you been doing damien <laughs> all right so yeah i talked about slide four so yeah i beat a slide three and yeah i i mean I, my opinion still stands but i think it's not as good as slide two but still good um mm-hmm. i think that pirate level wasn't there probably would have been even honestly but that pirate <laughs> level yeah that level did not do it for me and like the final level was also really good like i think it did a good job you know, using everyone well as you rotate between all the characters and things like that, but it still is the problem where it's like, there's too many characters in this game, and some mm-hmm. of them are just aren't enjoyable, like, Dimitri just sucks like, I'm, I'm happy you only <laughs> use him twice cause, yeah, I use him in a boss fight I'm like, you oh, kidding yeah. me? Okay, yeah. so like, the final level with Dimitri I, re- I still do this when I play that level um, I flip my PlayStation controller upside down, so I know <laughs> where like, because like, when it goes left, you have to hit circle and yeah. then when it goes right, you have to hit square. So, like, when I was a kid, I would just, like, flip the controller upside down and then just do it like that. Um, and I probably still might do that if I ever get around to replaying slide three. But, yeah, Dimitri definitely sucks. Uh, the yeah. pirate level is not good. But uh, what else do you think about the final level and things like that? But, yeah, uh, but overall, I think the final level was really good. Like, you know, I think I used mm-hmm. everyone really well. I wish he was Panda I actually really like playing, uh, playing as Panda King. He was pretty fun. But, um, and the final boss was, like, actually, like, pretty difficult. I'm like, oh, shit, there's, like, phases and stuff. And that's yeah. crazy. Um, actually, that could be said with a lot of bosses in Slide 3. Um, like, a lot of bosses are were, like, really good, actually. I really did enjoy them. Um, and Doc, I thought Dr. M was a cool villain. So I wish they, like, flesh him out a little more. Like, I wish they did more things with him. But, um, I think overall, it was, it was a good game. It was, it was really good. I really enjoyed myself with Slide 3. Um, you know, it was just, I just felt like it was a little unfocused, uh, at times. And I think... That's why I'm enjoying Slide 4 a little bit more, just because I feel like, you know, it sticks mostly with the main three, plus the Ancestor Cooper, which is mostly just Sly with a new ability, which is, like, which is good. Like, I, I actually like how they did uh, Slide 4 with the multiple characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Slide 3 is still a great game, you know, still I think it's still a good way to end the, you know, I guess end that original trilogy with Sucker Punch and things like that. And I highly enjoy myself. It's a, it's a great platformer, and I, I really enjoyed it, so... Yeah, I say you know, hopefully they remaster or I guess they put it on PS5 at some point, you know, you know, just the whole collection with Sly 4 included, just so it could gauge interest for another Sly game, hopefully. <laughs> but um, yeah, overall I think I think it was a great game. So yeah, um, I guess next I've been playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order because I actually have a new PC now. Pog. So I, yeah, the, thank you government money. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, uh, I was able to finally play some games because I know this game kind of runs like Garbo on on consoles, um, and it runs it runs pretty well on PC. But it is you know you could tell it's not optimized too well sometimes because obviously my PC can handle like almost anything right now. And um, mm-hmm. 
what you call it. Like, there's still times where it kind of stutters a little bit. Um, and there's some weird glitches that I heard, but, you know, besides that, the game the game runs fine. And anyway, I think... I, I'm just happy that we have a Star Wars game that's, like, really good. Because it's mm-hmm. been a while. Like, I, I can't even think of, like... I guess, like, Force Unleashed 1 was, like, the last <laughs> really, really good one. Or not really, really good. Like, but it was pretty good. Um... But for me, it was really Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2 on PlayStation 2 that I absolutely loved. Like, I love that game. That was like one of the first online experiences that I ever played, and I, I just have a great time with it. So it's really good to have, like, just, a, like, a new Star Wars game that's, like, really good. And its structure is really, like, refreshing from, like, other AAA games, because it's, like, a weird Dark Souls, like, slash Metroidvania game, which I just found to be really fun, like... The game could be really difficult sometimes because, you know, it's, you know, it's like Dark Souls where you have, like, bonfires and you have to, like, if you die, you, like, lose all your level ups and things like that. You have to kill, not even kill the enemy, you just got to hit it to get, like, the skill points and stuff back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just, like, parry timing and, like, dodge window. You know, you got to know the the patterns of the enemies and bosses you're fighting. I just think that's, a uh, it's really cool. It's just like a... Like not, it's not. I don't want to say it's like fully Dark Souls because the structure is Dark Souls, but it's not gonna be as hard as Dark Souls. But it's a good way to get like, I guess your feet wet with that sort of style of play if you're not like used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could just change the difficulty on the fly. So if it's too hard for you, you could just change the, you know, change it to an easier difficulty mode if you're having a hard time. But um, you know, besides that, I think to do like the the lightsaber and stuff you know they do that well it's kind of like ghost of shishima with like the pairing and if an enemy glows red you have to like dodge it and things like that so i'm like oh this reminds me of ghost of shishima like a lot um but yeah you get different jedi powers and stuff like that you know like force push and like you know you probably get a double jump at some point i think um and you know it just has all those good moments of a metroidvania which is a lot of things you can't get at the moment but you have to come back and get it later um but yeah i, I just think it's very enjoyable right now i'm about like seven hours in i don't think the game is that long which is also nice, you know. I like playing shorter games at the moment, so <laughs> I really do enjoy that. But yeah, I think Respawn did a great job with this game, and I'm happy that it's good, honestly, because it's been a while since there's been a really good Star Wars game, especially like a single-player one. So yeah, I think they did a, a great job making you really feel like a Jedi. So yeah, good job. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I played next... that game, oh, when uh, yeah. oh yeah yeah, just like my quick little thing. When yeah, I played ahead. the game uh, early last year, yeah, early yeah. last year or whatever, I played like maybe three to four hours, and like yeah, the game's like pretty good. It's like really really, uh, very much a Souls like game because yeah. I was I was definitely getting my ass kicked because I just kept trying to swing my fucking lightsaber at them because that's just how my my brain works. I'm like I see them, I swing, but like I I, I just can't do that. Uh, and I definitely like the uh, the uh, character Cal. I believe that's yeah. the person you're playing as. Yeah, the way that like they try to like set him up and things like that. Um, but yeah, it is definitely good. I definitely have to repick it up and probably start over because I forgot how the game works. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, d- definitely a really good Star Wars game. So yeah. Um, and next, again, what I was alluding to before, I played the Destroy Humans remake. Uh, again, never in my dreams I thought this series would ever come back. So I, I love Destroy <laughs> Humans one and two. Like. They were amazing. Like, I have as much nostalgia for this series as like Ratchet and Clank or like Jack and Daxter because I played the shit out of Destroy Humans one and two. Like I played them a lot. Um, so seeing it remade was really weird and cool. And, and I think they did a fantastic job. I think this is like it really just impressed me how well this remake is. Um, obviously some things they couldn't really fix was like the mission structure. So it does feel pretty outdated. You know, it feels very 2005. You know, just like like escort missions and just you know, just just feel kind of boring sometimes. You know, because it is still very 2005. You know, mission structure. I don't think there was much they could do with that. Well, 
like totally remaking the game, like you know, making a, just a new game at that point. Mm-hmm. But with all the game mechanics and things, it just feels so much better. Like they made Crypto like a whole new character in this game. Like he could like dash around, he could strafe, you know, like it's just everything about his. Like, oh, the jetpack doesn't suck anymore. At least in the first <laughs> game, like the jetpack used to be awful, but now it just it feels great. Like they made Crypto feel so much better to play as in this game. Like he doesn't feel as stiff as he did in the PS2 game. Um, and just like all the just like the controls, like just they just made it so much better. And I really appreciate that because I didn't expect that. I didn't expect them to really like add new moves to his like kit and like just made him just better to control. And I, I don't know, I just really appreciated that. And the game itself just looks really pretty. Like I think the game looks really good um, for like you know what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's it's, it's a great remake. Uh, you know, the, again, you can't really do much about like what the game is at its core. But for mm-hmm. all the little things to fix, like the character, like you know, controls and just like weapon feels and stuff like that, I think I think they did a good job on that. Um, and it's only like I think it's 30 on PC and 40 on consoles for some reason. Um, and I think that's a great price. I think 30 dollars is is a fantastic price for this game. Um, you know, it 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 does offer like what I got like 15 hours of gameplay out of it and I did everything. And I, I think that's fair enough. I think you get enough fun out of that. And I really hope this game. I, I hope they make a new game, basically. But I really do hope they make a, a remake of the second one, since I think the second one is just an improvement in all fronts. Like, the game actually has, like, an open world, and, like, the side quests are, like, really good in the second one. And, you know, the, the game is just way more fleshed out. So I really hope they make a, a second one, or a remake of the second one, and then make a new one. Because, you know, I, I, it's just really weird that the series is back, but I, I'm happy with that. So, yeah. Uh, I was really uh, impressed with this remake, and I hope they do more. So good job, THQ Nordic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess we could just talk about Ghost of Tsushima because I finished it as well. <laughs> All right. So how much of the game did you finish before you actually like finished uh, the last I, I mean, mission? I mean, 100% of it. Before <laughs> Holy I, shit! <laughs> yeah, you're nuts. Yeah, uh, I've yet to actually do that. Uh, all I did in the post game was get the sly armor, and then I like dip. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I did everything. So yeah, you're you're crazy. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about some spoilers here. So if you don't want to hear about story spoilers for Ghost of Tsushima, you can skip to the state of play discussion or just close the episode, whatever the hell you want to do. Um, but yeah, what did you think of like the overall like story once you got to the end? Yeah, so it got a lot better. So yeah, so my opinion on Ghost of Tsushima when we last talked about it was only really Act One. Uh, but now that I finished Act Two to Act Three, I think the story really got you know it got really good by the end of uh, act two to act three mm-hmm. um you know when you have betray or i guess you know betray i guess you like samurai code and things like that and you're just doing what's right for the you know for Tsushima instead of like you know honoring your code or whatever i think that was a cool little like thing you know um your uncle just kind of being like the antagonist by the end basically where you have to like fight him and things like that with that choice at the end i just think it was all pretty well done um even though I think, like, the con, it was kind of annoying. He kept running away all the time. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I... Because I, what I really wanted them to do was you kill the con at, like, the end of Act 2. And then maybe Act 3 was full-on just your uncle is, like, sort of, like, the villain, quote-unquote, where you had to, like, confront him and things like that. I thought that was where, where the story was going to go. But I think where they went was also pretty good. Like, I, I felt like they kind of dragged out the con a little too much. But, um... Besides that, I thought the story really did pick up by the... Like, by, like, Act 2 to Act 3, it really did it really started to like be good <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah definitely the uh the story definitely picked up just because of 
uh, Jin being like, I don't want to fucking do your old, you know, samurai ways and honor and all this bullshit. And I was like, yeah, true. I hate that shit. Like, I hate this, like, guy that's like, but honor. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. what the, uh, what has honor done for us? But, like, kill everyone because we're like, we're oh, my God, honor. We have to, like, you know, attack them from the front and things like that. And I'm like, I'm going to stuff this bitch. I don't care. Like, <laughs> whatever. Like, uh, but, yeah, at the end when it was, like, you know, you fight him and then you either choose him, you either choose to kill him or, or let him live. But I was like, man, this guy's my last family. I'm going to let him live, whatever. And he was like, yeah, you're going to be hunted for the rest of your days. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, I'm the ghost of Tsushima, if you will. So, but, yeah, yeah. the overall story was uh, was pretty good, I will say, because just because of that aspect, because it was, like, it was challenging his old ideas with the new ideas and, like, that that was like a constant like running theme in the game where like it wasn't just like a one-off thing where they were like oh you know like my honor it was like constantly which might be annoying for some people but i think the way that they did it and approached it for sucker punch was like pretty good Mm -hmm. and yeah i think that final choice was was a pretty clever way like basically like killing your uncle was like like still honoring the samurai way and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it really doesn't make sense in a story perspective because you kind of, like, abandon all of that already. So letting him live really shows that, like, Jin doesn't really give a crap about those traditions anymore. And he's just going to let him live because, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of killing him anyway? Like, it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. So, yeah, I thought that was a really clever way to be, like, you're basically picking if you're a samurai or a ghost at that point. But at that point, the story makes it clear that Jin is, like, the you know, he is the ghost of Shishima at that point. So, like, just laying, like, you know, sacrificing him doesn't really make sense anymore. So, like, yeah, letting him live seems like the the correct choice narratively anyway um mm-hmm. but yeah uh, overall like i i'll say this game is like close to my game of the year if persona 5 royal didn't came out it probably would have been but i love persona 5 too much so sorry <laughs> but um <laughs> I, honestly like ghost of Shima really impressed me which is how it did it open its open world you know how naturally it felt to discover new things with the wind and the bird and stuff like that um mm-hmm. the combat i felt was amazing i love the samurai combat um and like just all the different ghost techniques you could use and things like that it just felt very fleshed out and just good to play like i really did enjoy it also it's probably one of the best looking ps4 games that just like just aesthetically it just looks very pleasing uh performance wise mm-hmm. it was amazing like the the low times are insane like they're just like insane in the good way anyway like they're like one <laughs> second long like i don't know how sucker punch did it but they did a great job with the, the optimization with this game and of course, you know this like it. It could be a bit buggy. You know, it's probably one of the buggier like uh, first party Sony games I played. But mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, those things get patched out because the game really is great. Like I really did enjoy my time with Shishima. So yeah, um, yeah. I hope it wins Game of the Year or something because I, I think it does deserve it. I really did enjoy it. Yeah, it's definitely a great way to end off the PlayStation Four uh, era, anyways. And I mm-hmm. think that. Sucker Punch, what they did with this title was really, really good, where they were like, I we want to make another open world game and like give the player as much freedom as possible, which they did. Like there was so much that you can do once you get past like the first part of the game and like the world opens up for you. You can do so many different activities. There's so much to do in this game and like they all feel relatively fun and unique to do in a way. Um and a lot of them are like pretty quick to do. So like you could like spend an hour like doing like fox shrines and like all of all of those like other like little mini side activities or you could you know do like the bigger like story side missions or the uh the other like mystic tales and things like that so there's like so much you can do in this game that like i'm not surprised that like people are still playing the game to this day just for like fun and i'm like all right cool like and people are still trying to like finish the game too so um but yeah maybe one day i'll jump back into it and 100 it and things like that but yeah the game is the game is really really dope <laughs> yeah I, I really enjoyed it all right 
So last part of the show we're going to get into is the PlayStation State of Play that happened uh, the 6th of August. So they prefaced uh, this State of Play because I'm pretty sure Sony saw that like these fucking Nintendo fanboys are kind of crazy when you know a direct gets announced and they don't read the uh, text or anything like that. They said no big PS5 announcement. So I was like, all right, people are still going to be angry. And guess what? The video still has a shit ton of, of dislikes because people are dumb. Um, but yeah, uh, what did you think of the uh, state of play as a whole? Because I thought it was okay at best. I, I thought it was fine. I mean, for for what they said it was, I didn't really expect much, and that's kind of what mm-hmm. I got. But, you know, I, I got things that you know I expected Crash Four news and things like that, maybe some cool indie stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it was basically what I expected. I I didn't really have much going in. Like maybe I thought it would show like like a surprise or something, but we didn't really get any of that. Which mm-hmm. is fine. Like I, again, they very the said like, hey, don't really expect too much. This is kind of just like updates to third party games and things like that. So yeah, my my expectations were very set, and I don't know why people were really expecting something more. But I kind of got what I was expecting, so I wasn't that disappointed. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, opening up with Crash Four was the highlight for me because yeah, it was, yeah. that is that is my currently most anticipated game of, of the year now. Now that everything else has come out. Uh, yeah, you know, they showed a lot more gameplay, uh, when they were advertising, you know, hundreds of levels, that's because they just recycled old levels and just like added a new color palette and other gimmicks and things like that, which I'm like, okay, I guess that's how they're going to get away with it. Um, and you can play as Coco in every single crash level and these skins are achieved through, uh, playing the game and like actually like doing stuff in the game and not through microtransactions, which is nice because you know people are very concerned about microtransactions these days which is a good thing but also uh, i think that microtransactions obviously have a a place within gaming but just don't have them planned out ahead of time sort of thing unless it's like actual like extra content which is what it should be downloadable content um but yeah uh, i think that oh and also dingle dial being playable which is you know pretty cool i guess for anyone that is a major crash fan and things like that Mm. uh but yeah i think that what they showed us uh for this game i think is all i really need before the game comes out uh in october october uh was it second yeah october 2nd uh but yeah i'm i'm pretty excited for this one yeah i am too uh again i really like that they're like i started like the remix levels you know like they Mm -hmm. had like the the new art style maybe some new gameplay gimmicks um i think it's a smart way to like you know revisit levels even though you know, yeah, I kind of expected this to happen when they said, oh, we're going to have, like, over 100-something levels. I'm like, all right, they're probably going to reuse the same levels in some way. And, yeah, mm-hmm. they are in an extent, yeah. But, I, I don't know, I think they're, they look different enough to, like, you know, warrant another play through the levels. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty neat. Like, I really like the one where, you, like, you spin paint and, like, you paint mm-hmm. the level. That was pretty cool. Uh, there was yeah. one where you were just underwater. Like, that. I guess that's cool. I mean, not really, because I hate underwater. But <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's cool. It's cool what they're going to do, like, with these remix levels. So, yeah, that that's pretty neat. And, yeah, I'm really excited for Crash 4. They're really doing a, a good job selling it to me. It looks like it's going to be a good, fateful sequel to Crash 3. So, that's that's great. Okay. Uh, I obviously wrote a bunch of games here, but we don't have to go in order. So, like, what do you want to talk about next? <laughs> okay. So, I guess I got to talk about that Pathless game that they showed a lot of. Uh-huh. Um so this is coming on PS5. I don't know if it's going. I mean, probably on PS4, but it only showed PS5 and it's coming holiday 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's like this open world game where you don't have like a map or anything. You kind of just gotta look at everything through like your special like like vision or whatever. Or what, you know, you see like things glowing red that you have to do and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I guess the main gimmick is you're like an archer, right? So you shoot these things and you go real fast. And 
I guess that's the game. <laughs> like, you go really fast. <laughs> and you do I mean, I think it looks really cool. Like, you know, sort of like that movement style where you like shoot these targets and you can like dash around the whole map looks really fun. It looks really mm-hmm. like tribes like e like where you like sort of like slide everywhere and stuff like that. I think it looks pretty neat. Um, in terms of like actual gameplay, I'm, I'm still not sure what it really is. Like, I don't know. Like, they showed like a boss fight, but I didn't really know like what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. But it does look interesting. It's something I would keep an eye on because I think graphically it looks really nice too. Um, as you see here, Bootleg Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that's what I wrote. Because honestly, when this game was shown, I was like, is this Bootleg Ghost of Tsushima? Like, Indie Ghost of Tsushima? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, like, but I yeah. got more um, Breath of the Wild vibes from it. Like, just like, mm-hmm. how it was like set up, I guess. Um, you also have like, this connection with your bird and you're like, you could like, the bird could like grab you and you could like fly and crap. Uh, I don't know. I think it looks pretty interesting, but it's something I'm gonna have to wait and see if it's like actually like good or not. Because you know the movement and stuff definitely looks really fun, but uh, in terms of what you do and like how if it like maybe drags out or whatever, that's that's has to remain to be seen. Because you know I don't know yet, but uh, it's definitely something I would keep my eye on. And I think they showed this before too. They showed it during the PS5 event as well, but this time they went into a lot more detail on what the game is. So yeah, uh, that's definitely something I'm gonna keep my eye on. So yeah. yeah. The uh, the art style is definitely pretty cool, I will yeah. say. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I have no idea what the hell the gameplay actually is because you're kind of just like running super fast and just hitting these targets. And I'm like, that's cool, but like, what's like the goal at the end yeah. of the day? So yeah, definitely gonna keep my eye on this one. Uh, it definitely has a lot of style to it, I will say that. But mm-hmm. we just we just don't know exactly how how fun the game is gonna be and how good it is. So. It's gonna have to wait and see. Maybe it's gonna be one of those games where like people buy it on the PS5 because there's nothing else to play because that's what normally happens during console launches. But we're just gonna have to wait and see. Um, I guess the next title I'll talk about really quick is the uh, Star Wars VR game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very interesting because it's coming out literally this month on the 25th, and like it looks like you're gonna be like Darth Vader's apprentice or something, and you're probably gonna be able to choose between the light and dark. I would assume. It's probably going to be a lot of like choices and things like that. It's it's probably going to be, you know, it's probably not canon or things like that, but it'd probably be like a fun like Star Wars VR experience if you have the PSVR anyways. Yeah, they seem to be doing that with like, the Iron Man and Star Wars VR. Just, you know, just like, I want to feel like Iron Man. I want to feel like a Jedi or I guess <laughs> in this case. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm probably never going to get a PSVR. I'll probably just get an actual VR headset if I ever wanted one. Which I kind of mm-hmm. don't, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like like VR doesn't really appeal to me that much. But um, yeah, it's cool if you if you want something new to do with your your PlayStation headset. <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> I guess the other thing I want to talk about is Godfall because this is like the first like I guess like PS5 game they're really showing in depth. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually am happy because this is a game I've always been cautiously optimistic about because um, you know I love like loop shit. You know, it's just, just like one of my favorite things. You know, I love that gameplay loop. Um, but I wasn't really sure if it was going to be like Destiny or like a Borderlands. And by that, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like a life service game or a game that's already like made and like, you know, it's like Donnerary. And it seems to be more of like the Borderlands approach where, you know, you have a full game to play. It's co-op. Uh, you know, it's not, you know, everything's right there and it's, it's, it's a done game. It's not like Destiny where it's like more of an MMO where like maybe you have like a main like quest line to do, but you could keep playing it forever. I mean, you can mm-hmm. do the same thing with this, but, you know, the game definitely has an end point, uh, you know, it has a final boss, and maybe you could, like, new game plus it or whatever. Um, so, th- honestly, that's, like, a big relief for me, since I think I like that style of, like, loot things more than, like, Destiny or whatever, because, um, 
you know, I love things like Diablo and Borderlands where, you, again, you could beat the game and just, like, new game plus it and, like, get more powerful loot and things like that. I just, I don't know. It just feels more complete in that sense. And it feels like, you know, it, like, looks like Godfall is doing that same thing. Um, in terms of gameplay, it looks basically what I expected. You know, it looks like, you know, a good, like, sort of, like, hack and slash, beat em up type thing with a bunch of different weapon types. And those weapon types kind of remind me of, like, Monster Hunter, where each one has, like, maybe a unique ability you could do and, like, just different combos and things like that. So, yeah, that looks pretty interesting as well. Um, the only thing that didn't look great was the performance, uh, as it was still is on PS5. All this footage was on PS5, but the game still looks like it was really struggling to, like, keep a good frame rate. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just confirms to me, like, I th the game is supposed to come on, I think, the Epic Game Store as well. So at that point, I'm like, well, I'd rather just get on PC for one better. But again, I'm not too sure. Uh, this is definitely a game I'm going to wait for reviews before I get it. But, you know, it's definitely a game that interests me just because I kind of like that sort of gameplay and stuff like that. And the right side is not going to have, I guess, no microtransactions or anything like that. It's just going to be like you buy it and there you go. So, yeah, that, that's pretty good to hear as well. Yeah. Uh, I've never been a big, you know, like looter sort of player. So, yeah, uh, but I think I would definitely appeal more to the uh, like you said, the game's actually done and not like live service where, you know, Destiny, I'm paying six dollars, but I got to wait for the rest of the game to come out. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. That just seems a little fishy for me personally. Uh, but I guess uh, some people are OK with that, putting trust in game developers to actually finish the game when they've already bought it and they already have your money sort of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, the other game I want to talk about briefly is 1010. This is the Pokemon game. Yes, I, I played 1010. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So now it's coming to a PS4, PS5. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, look at that Pokemon. That looks that looks like fun. <laughs> um, yeah, it's basically is just Pokemon, but uh, more fleshed out battle mechanics and things like that. I think I talked this like in like December or January. I can't remember when I last played it. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, just, it's just Pokemon, but, again, they just revamped the battle mechanics to be, you know, a little more engaging. Yeah, everything is a double battle because, you know, single battles could be kind of mindless. Even though I, I like singles more than doubles, but, you know, doubles do provide more strategic, like, things you could do. And the game definitely plays off that. You know, there's a lot more abilities that benefit your partner and like just how things work like there's like i think there's like a whole game mechanic with synergies and things like that so yeah the the, the combat is definitely more fleshed out the game is a lot harder than pokemon as well um and overall i i think it's a good game but um i'm just gonna wait until it actually comes out since i think they added like the the fourth island i don't know how many like regions they're supposed to be in the game but they added like a new island i think on the pc version so I'm just gonna wait until the game fully comes out to just replay it again, and then I'll see how it is. But as like I guess a Pokemon like spiritual successor, I'm gonna call it, not rip off. Uh, I think it's doing a good job improving the series and like moving it forward. Um, but I don't know, it's, it's still not what I really want from Pokemon anymore. Like the game is still very like route based, where you go through routes and like you know basically what you think of when you think of Pokemon. I kind of do just want like a big open world Pokemon game at this point with like just like really change it like breath of the wild it you know make it make it something <laughs> new uh but i guess in terms of the, the old pokemon formula it does it really well so yeah it's it does get credit for that and i do think it's a good game so yeah <laughs> all right well uh the other games i wrote down here were kind of just like whatever games but do you want to talk about any of them <laughs> um i guess real quick splunky 2 i'm not a big fan of splunky honestly like i know it's a great game like i'm not don't get me wrong there it's a great roguelite but yeah, I've seen Splunky 2. Looks good. You know, it's more Splunky 1, but more characters and content. That's good. I know people are really, really waiting for this game. It coming out September 15 is, like, real soon. So, yeah, that's good for those people. 
uh and yeah that's about it <laughs> like, <everything, laughs> like buck snacks buck snacks is still like a meme game that looks cool but yeah, yeah. everything else i kind of just wrote down because like hey you know, it kind of look cool but i don't yeah, really got much I, to talk about but yeah, is there anything else about it. anything else you're like that good saw uh no i think that's everything all right well thank you guys for listening to the travis and damien podcast episode 42 we will be back two weeks from now with another episode see ya